Thank you for joining us at Living Water Community Church's podcast. We're glad that you're here. We want you to know at Living Water that God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you way too much to leave you there. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Good morning, guys. Uh, we will let the kids go. Just so we're all clear, Taylor Jenkins is the one that gave my daughter a cake pop before service, so all of the blame goes to him for what we just experienced in the last minute and a half. And Jim said worship, but she wasn't playing around. But all the blame goes to Taylor, so if you have any problems, he's in the back. All right, just direct him to him. <laughs> now that's a, that's a normal stuff. We all know that. Guys, it's been so long since I'm here. Uh, thank you so much to Jeff last week for an incredible message um, on love. And, and, and I was watching from our cabin in Pigeon Forge, and we were borderline worried that we were going to be snowed in at the time. And ended up, thankfully, we got out just fine. Um, but, but man, it was such a, such a great message on the power of, of the love that, that God has for us. And that story you told about about the guy in the diner, still thinking of that story and how true that is, that that's, that's what we should be as Christians. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in this and in church that we forget to go be Christ in the world. It's a great message, great message. Um, this morning, I'm excited to preach to you guys. It's been three months and one day. December 13th was the last time that I was here. Uh, so it is my first time preaching to faces in a while. And can I tell you guys that it's so much better so much better to look at you than it is to just look at a camera. Um, if you would have seen some of the things that happened when I was in here preaching with a camera, there were a couple of times that, man, I'm telling you guys, I, I preached my heart out. And I go over and, and press stop recording, and my phone's on the home screen. And I'm like, oh, come on. And it's like, it's already hard enough to bring up the energy to do it once with nobody in the room. And then you look at it, it hasn't recorded, you've got to do it again. It's like, i got to go get some lunch and come back before I try this again. But I'm so glad that you guys are here. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Um, as John said, do your thing. If you haven't yet, it's Valentine's Day. Um, last night, me and Courtney went and ate. And it was so cool to see um, people, people eating and, and just a, a small sense of, of normalcy a little bit in the world again. It's so nice to see that. And, and, and hopefully that's the direction we continue to head. But... But this morning, I want to preach a message that, um, that's simply titled, you can see, Connection is Greater Than Convenience. If you don't know what that little sideways suit, that means greater than. All right, we can give that blessing this morning. Connection is greater than convenience. So, so I've been, me and Courtney have been here now for 10 months. And over the course of those 10 months, we have been doing online church for six and a half or seven of those months. Seems crazy to think about. Um, ever since we've been here, we know we got here last April, and we, we did a big Easter drive, and it was great. And then we went back online until the end of May, and then we had church for basically June and one week of July, and then back online until September. And then September to December was our biggest chunk of the year for sure, and then back online until February. And it's been crazy. And can I tell you guys that I learned one thing, that online church is great. But man, is it different. It's so different. It's so different. But, but at the same time, I'll be lying to you if I said that it wasn't convenient. Right? Like you can, you can do a lot of things when you're in online church that you can't do when you're here. It doesn't matter if Marley screams when we're watching church at home. It doesn't matter that I'm coming back from the gym at 945, still sweaty and gross. I can just turn it on and it's pre-recorded. 
You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to shower. You don't got to fight the kids. You don't got to fight the spouse. You don't got to do any of that stuff. You can go to the bathroom wherever you want without people looking at you. It is convenient to do online church. And it's, but it's different at the same time. But, but what's missing, even though it's so convenient, what's missing is the connection. I feel like as hard as we try to connect, it's just not the same. And, and it, it would be like, you know, if, if James and Angela had to tell the people at the gym, all right, Jim's closed 100% virtual workouts. People would still get in shape. People would still do their workout. People would still be fit. But the most important, the best thing about their gym would be missing. And that, that's the community that it creates. And, and the same thing I thought is, is true in the church. And while it's been so great to be online, I have missed you guys. And the community of, of gathering together every week and Wednesday night life groups, which are, are going to be kicking back off in March, by the way. So be looking for that. But but man, I've missed you guys, but while we were still able to, to, to have a convenient service, if we still met, the connection was missing. The community was missing. And I believe the community challenges, community pushes us, encourages us. When, when we come together like this, we're, we grow just naturally by being here because we see each other. We kind of we spur each other on. That's what the church does. And I believe that, that as the church... We're called to connect with each other, even if it means that it's inconvenient, even if it means that you got to fight your kids to get dressed, even if it means that you slept too late, even if it means that whatever, you got to throw your clothes in the, in the dryer at 9, 15 in the morning, whatever, even if it's inconvenient, I believe that as a church, we're called to connect. And, and I believe that as Christians and as the church, a lot of times what we're doing is we're sacrificing the connection for convenience. We're sacrificing the connection of what we're called to be, this body of believers. And I'm not talking about COVID and church now, but we sacrifice connection for convenience. And I believe that there's a story in the Bible that does this, that talks about this very well. And I want to share that story with you guys. And so let's go ahead. We're going to read some scripture today that's in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Mark 2, verse 1. Should be up on the screens. I'm going to pray as you guys go in there. Mark 2, verse 1. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. God, I am so thankful that we are back in the church. But God, that me and Courtney are back. I know last week we all came back. But God, I'm thankful to be back this morning. God, I pray that you would be with this message. God, I pray that you would speak straight through me. That I would just be a vessel for you this morning. God, the song we just sang said, make me your vessel. And God, that's all that I want to be this morning. God, just speak through me. God, I pray that you would be with every person that's here, every person that's watching online. God, that you would just show us what you're trying to reveal through this scripture today. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, Mark 2, verse 1 says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, get to him Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
Why does there always have to be one of those people in the crowd? You know, there's always a hater. He was there. He said, who is this guy talking? Verse 8. And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And so he says to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to you? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I think the last line of that right there is, is that not what we should be praying to God for each week? God, we've never seen anything like this. I've, I've never seen you do something this great. I've never seen you answer a prayer this large. We've never seen you do anything like this. And in this story, we, we sort of pick up right in, in the heat of the action. What we're hearing is that there, there's a, a group of men, four of them to be specific, that are carrying a paralyzed man on a mat to Jesus. They figured out that Jesus has come to town. They figured out that, that he's here and that he's doing his healing thing. And, and, and that's what's kind of leading up to this. In the other Gospels, it talks about this. And, and it just kind of picks up right with the men getting to, to, the, to the house with Jesus. But before we get a little background in Mark, that says Jesus had entered the town and the people had heard that he had come home. So word had spread that Jesus was in town. We're going to begin to spread that this guy that everybody's talking about, this Jesus that, that everybody's marveling over, this man who heals the sick and raises the dead and opens blinded eyes, he is in town. And, and just a quick side note, I would want to encourage you today, if you need to know this, that, that if you're in that situation this morning, can I encourage you that Jesus has come to town today. That Jesus is here today and he's ready to do whatever you need him to do. But, but in this story, we pick it up and, and they're carrying this paralyzed man on a mat. And, and they get to the house and, and they're ready to go in the house. And, and they get there and there's people crowded all around, even the outside of the house. It's, the overflow is full. It's staying room only. There's nowhere to get in to the house to get to Jesus. Now, if I was of that friend, by this point I would probably say, like, Dude, you're getting pretty heavy. You know, right? like I'm we're literally carrying you in your bed to get to Jesus. All right, we tried. Maybe you'll be, maybe you'll be that next weekend. I don't know. Maybe it's just not your time. Let's go back home. But these guys, they, they do something totally different. The, the building is packed to where they can't get in because there's so many people there that need something from Jesus. There's so many people that are packed into this building that need something from Jesus. And as I was reading that, I just made a quick little note and said, isn't that sort of what our church should look like today? That we're full of people that need Jesus. Not full of people that say, let me check the box and say, I went to church on Sunday. But we're full of people that need Jesus. So the house is full. The house is overflowing with people that need Jesus. And they get to the door. They're ready to take their friend. They carry their paralyzed friend. They, I can imagine they woke up and they said, today's going to be the day. Today's the day that you finally get up off of your mat and you walk again. We're going to go see Jesus. We're going to go meet the one who heals people. And, and they carry him and they load him up and, and they get to the house and they're ready to go in. And as they walk up the steps, there's no room. They can't even get in the door. There's people standing outside, the scripture says. And, and again, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I would have more than likely said, all right, let's, let's try again next week. Or he'll be back 
He comes back. The scripture said this was that he was coming home. He'll be back. Let's 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 try again. Maybe uh, maybe you would have heard me utter things such as, well, maybe it just wasn't your time to be healed. Or how many of us have said this one before? Well, maybe it's just it just must not have been God's will. That would have been the easy thing to say. Well, I guess it's just not God's will. I know you're paralyzed. I know we just carried you on your bed all the way across town to see this guy, but I guess it just wasn't meant to be today. It would have been so much more convenient for these friends to tell the paralyzed man, sorry, better luck next time. It would have been so much more convenient for them to say, hey man, we love you. We know that you want to get to Jesus because he can heal you, but look, our arms are getting tired. Like, let's, let's take a lunch break. We'll, we'll come back in a couple hours, see if the lines died down a little bit. But, but what they did is they were determined to get their friend to Jesus. Because you see, they were desperate for an encounter with Jesus. And I believe one of the things that hurts the church so bad is that a lot of us, myself included, couldn't really name the last time that we were desperate for Jesus. The last time that we needed him so bad that if he didn't show up, something was not going to go well. The last time that we said, God, if you don't intervene, it's not going to work. These men were determined to get their friend connected to Jesus. They said that, that in their friend's life, in this paralyzed man's life, they believed that the connection with Jesus was greater than the convenience of their own life. They said, we're willing to be inconvenient for a little bit. If that means that you can be connected with Jesus. We're willing to inconvenience ourselves if that means that you can be healed. And in our lives, I may, let, me, let me just speak for myself. I hate speaking for you guys because you might be like, Jake, you're lying on me. That's just you. But in my life, everything seems to, to everything that we want and that we live our life by is, is so quick and trying to make everything convenient. Right? There's so many things in the world that are there strictly because they're convenient. Whether it's a smart car, smartphone, weight loss pills, a vacuum that vacuums by itself. Like, like come on, that's a, I mean, that's a godsend right there, right? Everything that we look for and we long for is based on how can this be convenient for me? How can my life stay convenient? How can I have to spend less time pushing the vacuum and just say, hey, go vacuum? How can I spend less time washing the dishes and just say, start dishwashing? How can I spend less time opening up a big atlas on my trip to Florida and just say, take me to West Palm Beach? How, how everything we do is about convenience. But can I tell you guys that a lot of times when we seek out the convenient things, what we're leaving behind is the connection that those things come with. You see, one of the things that, that I've had to learn in my life is that the bottom line is this, is that hard work pays off. Hard work pays off in, in, in any aspect of your life, whether it's your job, whether it's your fitness, whether it's your spirituality, whatever it might be. Can I tell you that, yes, as a Christian, there's some work that you've got to do. Can I tell you that, that when Jesus was, was tempted by the devil, what did he respond with? Not just thoughts of his own mind, but he responded with scripture. How did he respond with scripture? Because he knew scripture. How did he know scripture? Because he took time to study scripture. And so as Christians, it's like when, we, when we're facing this spiritual warfare with the devil, when we're going back and forth with him, if we don't have that, that scripture in the back of our mind ready to go, it's like we're coming to the gunfight with an empty chamber. 
And as Christians, there's some work to be done. And, and, and a lot of that means it's not going to be convenient. We talked over and over again in our life about how we all know. We all know what we need to do. We know that we need to spend time daily in the Word with God. We all know that we need to spend time daily praying to God. But can I tell you that the, the harsh reality is why we don't do it? It's because it's not convenient. Because, we, because what's going to have to happen is somewhere in our busy day, we're going to have to block off this amount of time and say, God, this is for you. And so, so we're willing oftentimes, again, let me speak for myself. I'm willing a lot of times to, to avoid the connection to keep my convenience. I say, okay, I, I can make it through Monday if I don't read the Bible. And shame on me for saying that, but that's the reality. And, and in our lives, I think I'm afraid that we're often trading the connection for the convenience. And as Christians, that, that's, that's detrimental to our relationship with Christ. So back to the story. These guys get to the house, and it's full. It's standing room only, nowhere to go. And, and again, me, I'm saying, all right, better luck next time. But these guys, what they do, okay, they're already carrying a, a man, a grown adult, on a bed, as if that's not enough. And then they say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you and your bed. We're going to climb the side of the house. We're going to get up on the roof. And when we get up there, what's going to happen is we're going to take our hacksaw or our fist or whatever we got, I don't know, and we're going to dig a hole. We're going to make a hole in the roof, and then we're going to lower you down to Jesus. Now, as the paralyzed man, <laughs> I know I'm already paralyzed, but can we be a little more careful with me, maybe? Like, I don't know if you can take my bed up to the roof. But they, they climb the side of the house, get up on the roof, and I can, can you just imagine like what's, what's happening up on the roof right now? Like, these guys are talking... All right, here's the plan. First off, we need to, we need to cut a hole that's, that's six by six. That should be plenty big enough. And then we're, we're going to have to lower him down to Jesus. But we can't drop him. So let's somehow suspend him with a rope. Let's, let's lower him down very gently. So what they do is they climb up on the roof. They dig a hole. And they lower the man down to Jesus. Now imagine, I've just talked about the scene on the roof. Imagine inside. Jesus is going to town healing people left and right, left and right, left and right. And all of a sudden, boom, hole in the roof. Like a bomb. Like, you know, I don't know what they were thinking, but this hole comes in the roof. And all of a sudden, a man starts lowering down in a bed. Like, imagine, I mean, seriously, this is a real story. Like, imagine in church this morning. All right, James is singing, and we're, we're making new wine. And we're going to town and raising our hands. And, and all of a sudden, you hear a hole being dug into the roof. And a bed and a mattress just starts lowering down into here. I hear everybody's going to be like, oh, do we keep singing? Like, what, what are we, Jesus, just blow your eyes and say, Jesus. Like, what do we do? You know, like, what's happening here? And, and this man gets lowered down right in the middle of Jesus doing his thing and healing people in this crowded room. And, and, and he lays in front of Jesus. His bed is suspended. His mat is is suspended down into the room right at the feet of Jesus. And, and, and as I think about that, I think about what can happen at the feet of Jesus. And I begin to think about how precious that moment is. And I think about the story of Mary and Martha and how one of them was so caught up working and the other one says, Jesus, I just want to sit at your feet. And this man lays at the feet of Jesus, and, 
And Jesus looks at this man. He, he lowers down. And, and, and I love the scripture that's in verse 5. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, the friends. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Because of what your friends did, your sins are forgiven. Now, put yourself in the shoes of the paralyzed man here. You finally get your encounter with Jesus. You finally get at the feet of Jesus. You're paralyzed. You're laying on a bed. And Jesus says, hey, bud, your sins are forgiven. I would be like, I came here for the other day. Like, I came here to walk. I, I, I'm glad that you're forgiving my sins, but, but I want to walk, you know? And, and he says, your sins are forgiven because of their faith, because of the friend's faith. Talk about Talk about determination, talk about perseverance, talk about real friendships and community. Can I tell you that, that probably you know somebody in your life, or maybe there's somebody in this room today that needs your help getting to Jesus? There's probably somebody in your family, in your friend circle, in your life that needs some help getting to Jesus. These friends made certain that their friend was going to get connected with Jesus today, even if it meant some inconvenience for them. Even if it meant that they had to go out of their way. Even if it meant that they weren't doing exactly what they wanted to do. They probably had plans on this day. They probably had stuff that they wanted to get done, work. They had plenty of things to get done. But they said, no, Jesus is here, and we've got to get our friend connected with him. Nothing was going to stop them from getting their friend connected. To Jesus. Why? Because they realize that connection is greater than convenience. They realize that if we can get our friend connected to Jesus, it's worth being inconvenient for a little bit. They realize that, that even though it wasn't going to be easy, even though we showed up at the house and there's no room to get in, they knew that they had to get their friend to Jesus. They had to spark that connection. They realized that their friend could get connected to Jesus, that anything in the world was possible. And my question to you simply is this, is that do you feel that a connection with Jesus is a necessity or is it just kind of a luxury? A lot of times I feel like in my own life that, that I feel like I'm being honest, that that connection is just a luxury. And, and, and maybe this is like, holy cow, why is this guy our pastor? But I'm being real with you today. Like, there's a lot of times that, that I think, okay, I, I want to be connected. I know that I need to be connected, but am I really seeking it out as a necessity in my life? You know some things that are necessities in my life? Going to school with clothes on. That's a pretty big necessity. I would lose my job faster than you could say that if I didn't. I never do that. I never. I would never. Oh, my gosh. If anybody from school is watching, I promise they will always be on. But why is that not as big of a necessity to be connected with Jesus? Why is it not a necessity in my life to think, God, I need to be connected with you today? Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, not just on the days that I'm preparing for Sunday, but every day I need to be connected. It should be a necessity in our lives to be connected. In our own Christian lives, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you, I really do, to seek out the inconvenient. <coughs> seek out the inconvenient situations in your life, because oftentimes I believe that that's where we find Jesus. Seek out the inconvenient. It's convenient to come to church on Sunday morning. Like, I, I mean, I was joking at the beginning, but I don't think anybody really faces a ton of hardship on Sunday morning. And the students are like, you don't know, we have three kids. You know? <laughs> but but uh, most of us, we don't really experience inconvenience a ton. 
But I would challenge you this week to seek out some inconvenient situations. Call that friend that you haven't talked to in a couple months. Say something besides how was your day to the Walmart cashier. Do something extra. Seek out the inconvenient. Seek out the challenge. Seek out the call. Because I believe that that's where we find the connection. These men, you see, they had a love for their friend that did not stop when it got hard. And isn't, isn't that what love is supposed to be? And we're celebrating Valentine's Day today. And I don't know anybody that wouldn't say that they love this spouse, but I also don't know anybody if they were not lying that said, there are days, there are days, and I love Courtney. Or maybe just minutes. Let's not give it a full day. There are minutes. All right? There are minutes. You know? But isn't that what love is? It's not giving up when it gets hard. Not giving up when the challenge arises. Not giving up when the, when the storm rolls through. Not giving up when the man is paralyzed in the mat. Not giving up when the building is too crowded. Not giving up when we've got to climb the side of the building and drop him down in the roof. But keeping going. These men, these men didn't stop. They didn't stop because they knew they had to get the friend of Jesus. And so my question today simply is this for you guys. Where in this story do you fit? Where in this story do you fit? You see, you're, you're in one of two crowds. Maybe you're the friends. If you are, you, you feel like you say, say if the shoe fits. You feel like you're constantly having to carry someone. You feel like if you don't, if you don't carry them, then they're not going to keep going. You feel like you're, you're, you've got that friend, you've got that family member that needs some help, and you're carrying them all the time. Can I encourage you? Please don't stop. You don't know how much that friend needs it. You don't know how much that family member needs it. Can I tell you that even when it's inconvenient, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't really fit your schedule or your agenda for the day, keep carrying that friend. Don't stop when it gets hard. Don't stop when it's not popular anymore. Don't stop speaking up when all the hashtags in. Keep carrying. Keep showing them and keep saying, I'm going to get you to Jesus. If it's today or if it's 10 years from now, I will carry you as long as I can. If you're the friend, can I encourage you today to keep carrying that mat? Don't let them down. You might be the only person still carrying if this paralyzed man did not have the friends, the reality is that he could not have made his way to Jesus on his own. And for a lot of your family members, co-workers, friends, spouses, whatever it might be, the reality is they might never get to Jesus if you drop the mat. And I know it's inconvenient. I know it's hard. I know you get sick of saying, why am I always having to carry you? You're a grown adult. You do it. You do it. You get yourself up. Clean yourself up. I know that's the convenient thing to say. But I just want to encourage you to keep carrying. Keep putting the connection over your convenience. Keep saying, I know my arms are tired. I know my heart is tired. I know my body is tired. But if me carrying you means that maybe, just maybe, you can get to Jesus, I'm willing to be inconvenient for just a little bit. For just a little bit longer. I'll stay inconvenient if that means that you can get to Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you're the paralyzed man. And I, I've already kind of jumped way ahead of myself, but can I encourage you that if you're the paralyzed man, just like in this story, Jesus has come to town today. Jesus is here. He is everywhere. He is here today. Jesus has come 
to town and he's here and he wants to free you today. Now in this story, he says to Jesus says to the man, your sins are forgiven long before he says you're healed. Why? Because I believe that Jesus is much more concerned with our heart on the inside than our legs on the outside. Because I believe that he cares so much more about what's on the inside of me than can my legs and can my arms function. And a lot of us have spent a lot of time praying for outward healing and we don't see it. And God is saying, yeah, but I'm doing something on the inside. You might not see it on the, in the legs. The legs might still not work. The arms might still not work just yet, but the inside is being transformed. Maybe you're the paralyzed man, and, and I just want to encourage you that Jesus is here. Now, this is my, one of my favorite Bible stories because I love the fact that Jesus, that, or that the paralyzed man comes to Jesus laying on his mat. But he leaves Jesus carrying his mat. You see, a lot of us that might have came in here today laying in a mat. You might feel paralyzed. You might feel beaten, broken, pressed, and persecuted. Every bad word that you can think of, short of cussing. You might be maybe even cussing. You feel all of those things on the mat. Maybe you came in today lying on a mat. But I want to encourage you today that just like this man, you can walk out of here not laying on a mat, but carrying the mat. And in this story, one of the first times that I studied it, I started thinking, why? Why did, why did Jesus tell him to take your mat and go? Why didn't he just say, leave that bed behind? You don't need it anymore, so just leave it. I believe that what he was trying to do is he was trying to show that man that if you will take this mat and you'll go back to those other people and say, hey, guys, look, I know that you're laying on a mat. Guess what? I used to lay on a mat, too. But you see my mat now? Let me tell you about this guy. His name is Jesus. And you might say, well, Jake, I don't really get that connection. You see, maybe what you can say is, is, is uh, hey, hey, guys that are still living a life bound to addiction, let me, let me show you. I used to be addicted too, but then, then I encountered this guy named Jesus. Maybe you're living a life that's still, that's still chained up by whatever you fill in the blank. And if we carry that thing, if we carry it, then what's going to happen is we take it to those people and say, look, guys, I used to be where you are. I used to live this life. I used to be bound to my mat, but I met this man whose name is Jesus. And can I tell you today that if you will just allow me, I'll carry you. You don't even got to get up. I will carry you to this man named Jesus, and you can get what I've got. And it's nothing that I've done on my own, but it's all because he decided that he would come to this earth, leave a perfect heaven, and live a life and die on a cross for me. And what happens is you see, regardless of where you find yourself in the story, the goal is to move places in the story. You see, if you're the paralyzed man, you come to Jesus on your mat, you get up carrying your mat, and then you go become a friend that carries somebody else to Jesus. You see, because you had a friend, a parent, a mom who wouldn't quit praying, that took you to Jesus. And so now that you're here, your job is not over. Now we go back and we say, hey, can, can I help you? Can I carry you? Can I show you? Can I tell you about this man named Jesus? All because four friends made a decision that we're willing to be inconvenient for a little bit if we can get you connected with Jesus. All because four friends said, 
We know that our Saturday is busy. We know that we've got X, Y, and Z to do. But right now, forget all of our plans. Forget our agenda. We've got to get our friend to Jesus. All because of that, this man walk, comes in paralyzed on a mat and leaves walking and carrying his mat. And so today, I just want to encourage you. Seek out the inconvenient. Keep carrying the mat. Keep carrying the mat for your friend. And if you're laying on the mat, Jesus is here. And that's the best news that I can give you today, that Jesus is here. And so as James comes and gets ready to sing, I just want to simply, simply remind you that in, in the life that we live, the reality is that we are all looking for convenience. How can my life be more convenient? What can I do to not have to do X, Y, and Z? How can I eliminate things from my schedule? That's what we're all looking for. How can I take some stuff off of my plate? And maybe the reason why we need to take stuff off of our plate is so we can get back to having some room for Jesus on our plate. Maybe what we need to do is we need to seek out those situations that don't make any sense. I know. I've got family members that I look at and say, why? Like, can you not just do it yourself? Like, you've been bound by the same thing for 40 years, for 50 years. Why does it feel like as your grandson, as your nephew, I'm having to be the one that carries you all the time? Why can you not do it? I know that's the way it feels. And a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I avoid it. I do. Because I get tired of it. I'm human. I get sick of it. But Jesus is saying to us, they need care. Those friends need care. That spouse needs care. That grandpa, that grandma, that mom, that dad, they need care. And as hard as it is, as frustrating as it is, can I encourage you guys today to keep carrying that man? Keep carrying. Because without the friends, this man would have never been able to get to Jesus. Now, they might have stumbled upon each other at some point, but they, they, they never would have been able to get to Jesus. And so as James sings this song, let me just encourage you today. Two things. If you're carrying the mat, keep on carrying. And if you're the friend that's paralyzed, Jesus is in town with you. So as he sings this song, if you need to pray, come pray. If you need to take a moment and just say, God, I'm tired of carrying it. But if it's what you want me to do, then I'll keep going. You know what you need. You know the situation of your heart. You know what's going on in your life. So as James sings this song, if you need to pray, if you need to worship, do what you need to do. Let me pray real quick and then let's stand and worship. God, I pray today for every single person here, every person watching online. God, I pray for just a minute that, that they would realize, God, that, that the connection is so much greater than convenience. God, even if it means that we've got to be inconvenient for a little bit, even if it means that we've got to keep carrying that mat that we thought we've been carrying for 10, 20, 30 years, God, I pray today that you would give a fresh spark, a fresh strength, 
Got a renewed energy to keep on carrying that man. Got a fresh fire to say, I will carry it as long as I have to if it means that you get to Jesus. God, I pray for renewal today, God, of the mind, of the body, and of the spirit that says, I will keep on carrying that man. God, be with us today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.